The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. It is the normal gang here, Steve Jodrand. Armakafai and Jake Latrova. And on today's episode, we're talking MLS Decision Day. Now, listeners, if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five star review, and follow us at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Send in your thoughts and your comments. We've been getting them in all weekend long, so just hit us up. Listeners, check out our episode discussing Jurgen Klinsmann's thoughts on the U.S. men's national team. And come back tomorrow, we'll talk about what Greg Berhalter had to say about developing players jake arman i'm suffering a head cold we are recording in the middle of baseball playoffs and jake's team there is dropping big ones suffering uh you're suffering from a head cold and i'm suffering from a broken heart oh oh a sports broken heart that is (laughs) yeah considering that you just celebrated your uh five-year anniversary (laughs) Yeah, I'm witnessing the uh, Twins' 16th consecutive postseason loss. So it's uh, it's fun. It's fun over here. Loser Town, USA. Dak looked yesterday, Armand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, they had it playing during Lucci's postgame press conference. I just, like, it, it wasn't fun to watch. I, I was sitting there, you know, trying to pay attention to Lucci. And I look, and I'd see Dak throw a pick, and I'd be like, wow, this sucks. Like, I, I can't ask you a question anymore, Lucci. Like, I'm out. Like, my brain is somewhere else. I'm watching my Cowboys get spanked again by the freaking Packers. So, yeah, loser town, USA. I'm here yeah, with you. Yeah, well, Dallas is fair weather fans, USA. God, are Dallas fans annoying. Anyway, let's let's get to it, guys. MLS SC decision Dallas day. fans are annoying? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. All Dallas Cowboys fans. Dallas Cowboys fans are the worst. Fundamentally, the worst type of fan there is in this country. Cowboys fans, all you see, all you hear from Cowboys fans is we're going to win the Super Bowl. And the moment they drop four, three or four games, they're out. They don't even care. They're not, they're no longer Cowboys fans. It's like they forget that football even exists. So listeners, today we're going to be talking about decision day. We're not jumping to playoff matchups just yet. We're taking a week off from the playoffs like MLS is the international break. So don't worry. Next week we'll be talking all about the playoffs. But Decision Day was really interesting this year, but not really in the Eastern Conference. The seven teams booked their place to Eastern Conference playoffs last week. We saw the Revolution clinch the final spot. Seeding was still up in the air. But in the West, it was a much different story with the six and seven spots up for grabs in the Western Conference. We saw Portland San Jose play a win or go home game between the two sides. 
And we saw Dallas with a chance to book their spot in the playoffs as well. And and somehow Colorado was still in the mix after their terrible start to the season. The horrible performances from the bottom three in the West playoff picture really screwed things up. Jake, can you just go, take us through some decision day storylines and what really went down on decision day? Well, Armand, in typical LA Galaxy fashion, they dropped points <laughs> on um, the final game of the season to the Houston Dynamo, it. losing 4-2, to and are now forced to travel to Minnesota to take on the Loons in the opening round of the MLS Cup playoffs. More heartbreak for Jake? You can bet on it, Stephen. You <laughs> can bet on it. Uh, just just the Minnesota way, right? You got the Patriot way, now you got the Minnesota way. Lose in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> All we do is lose. Oh, I, God, I hate our team so much. <laughs> but guys, Carlos Vela breaks the MLS goal-scoring record with a hat-trick in a 3-1 victory over Colorado. Vela did it in fashion with a bicycle kick, but Stephen, you weren't very impressed. Oh, come on. I mean, it, it's a bicycle kick, but it's not a Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Wayne Rooney type bike, okay? It's it's just a softer type bike. Like, you got to rank bicycle kicks. Carlos Vela was on the bottom end of that spectrum. You are a hard man to impress. Portland, they punched their ticket to the MLS Cup playoffs, defeating San Jose 3-1. FC Dallas destroys SKC 6-0. They were having a lot of fun with that game on ESPN's Whip Around show <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. Somehow, someway, DC United cannot find a goal to defeat nine-man FC Cincinnati and draw 0-0 and lose out on a home playoff match at Audi Field. Can New I, York Red Bull. Can I interrupt yes. you there, Jake? Go ahead. On a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being the most impressed, with FC Cincinnati's season, how impressed were you to that they were able to make it this bad? Ooh. Uh, so I'm at like a... No, because they're not the worst in MLS history. So I go, I go 8. I go 8. I mean, they're they, the worst. They, are they the worst defensive team in the league, or was that Orlando City last year? No, they broke the record, baby. That's FC Cincinnati. Every every expan every expansion team I think the last three years has broken the record for most goals allowed. Well, I guess that. Well, get ready, Nashville. Get ready, Miami. That's not true. Orlando City beat Minnesota United's record last year. And Minnesota United, Minnesota. uh, Well, okay, I thought you meant in the expansion year. Anyway, let's move on here. FC Cincinnati, terrible. I'm amazed they were that bad. (laughs) Red Bulls, they got hammered by Impact, three nil. And Philly, once again, lose to NYCFC. Atlanta wins. They beat the Revolution, giving the five stripes the two seed in the Eastern Conference. And now, guys, this gets us to our question of the day. And listeners, you can chime in too, at Pod. Was decision day a good day for MLS? Eh, it was mixed. This is my recommendation for MLS decision day. Can we make the matchups the same every year? I would love to see the Galaxy have to play Houston every year. Because it becomes a joke now, right? Two straight years, they lose to Houston on the final day with 
with playoff implications on the line. And Houston's on the outside looking in. But wouldn't it be cool that you have some sort of consistency with the schedule so you know Galaxy-Houston final final day, final yeah. game of the, the year? Minnesota, yeah. whoever they played, the refs have to go to Atlanta, whatever it may be. But then you, you create a little bit more of a natural rivalry. It'd be really cool to see the fire play Orlando City on the last oh, it'd be awesome. season. It'd be Every awesome. Single so, Jake, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, I saw it as, as on a meme on Reddit. Did the whip round show ignore that game? There were seven goals in that game. I had the whip around show on my laptop and I had Seattle, Minnesota on the big screen. And I don't recall ever seeing Orlando, Chicago coming up. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure I recall RSL Vancouver coming up on the laptop. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. And I don't blame them for not showing it. It had no playoff implications whatsoever. Hey, but goals. I want to see goals. A show like that is about goals. There's no drama. The, the, Who cares? I the, want to see the goal. I want to see what if the spectacular happens. What if somebody has a bike from 50 yards out? I want to see that. Where was it six weeks ago when both teams were alive? <laughs> Fair enough. But I think I don't know. It sounds Jake that you were rather disappointed with decision day. I mean, it was okay. I I, I feel like they really hype it up. Like, oh yeah. Anything can it's 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 like they almost make it out to be like the Manchester City Man United final day of the Premier League season uh six, seven, eight years ago, whenever that was, where they you know Aguero! essentially Right, the Aguero, the Balotelli goal, how that all you know, that whole thing, that that last five minutes of the QPR Man City match completely changed the title race in the Premier League. I feel like MLS makes it out to be like that, like, oh, who's in, who's out? Like all these games really are deciding. You know, you have all these like 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 essentially these play-in games, and that doesn't always seem to be the case. Well, there were no play-in games in the Eastern Conference. None. You had one this year with the Orla- or Portland San Jose match, and Portland really only needed a draw to kind of secure their fate. And to me, I would have preferred if ESPN would have made the whip around show or played it actually on ESPN. And kind of made the primary focus Portland San Jose, but they would cut out constantly to show you what was going on around the league and the games that so like mattered. What FS1, so like FS1, so like what F, uh, but you were at the LAFC game uh, when Minnesota played. FS1 did that last week, and after like every goal, like they would jump, uh, you know, oh boom, goal alert, uh, goal in the RSO wherever they're playing that yeah. week. But go to the split I, screen or go to the dual screen or whatever every now and then. And it's like, oh, this is, now let's go out to this match because this. Yeah, happened. we want to see goals. It, it it it's it's like uh, the Premier League and I guess Championship Sunday. Sometimes it's like you're on the edge of your seats and you're like, oh, what's going on? And sometimes you're like, like two years ago, it's like, uh, eh. I mean, there's like re- there's like maybe like one relegation battle going on, but I think that was already even decided then. Uh, I, it was okay. It wasn't anything amazing. Um, I was excited and nothing really was, amazing really happened. Armand, you were you were obviously at the FC Dallas game, but is, was there an anticipation from? the front office, from the players, from the coaches? Was there nerves? Was there excitement? Um, or was it just, yeah, okay, we're in the playoffs. We live for another day. So I think Dallas is, is uh, yeah, you're taking it the ladder. When you say they're going to live for another day, uh, they weren't really 
there wasn't really there was excitement, but there wasn't like uh, there were some celebrations I saw where people were like you know like oh yeah like celebrating like really wildly. I think Minnesota, but that's different because Minnesota is the first time they ever made the the playoffs. But Dallas, not really. It was just kind of like oh we made a playoffs. We gotta go play Seattle in a couple weeks. In Seattle, it's gonna be tough. You know, one and done, right? So, some fans exactly. could have thought that being being yep. being the bottom seed. Well, it's the same with the Revs, right? Okay, cool. We made the playoffs. You get to play the playoff game, but do you really realistically think that you have a shot? Eh, probably not. Listeners, chime in. Question of the day. Was Decision Day a good day for MLS? Want to hear it at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Well, we all have questions here to answer. And Armand, for you, Toronto FC seemed to fly under the radar for almost the entire season. And I have to admit, I wrote off TFC midway through. Here's my apology letter. I was wrong about TFC. Congratulations. Okay, moving on. They ride into the playoff on a 10-match unbeaten streak in MLS. This has to be probably the biggest dark horse in the Eastern Conference. And I know we don't want to do a playoff preview, but focusing on the 10-match unbeaten streak is is important. And yeah, it seems like they're an easy candidate to be the dark horse in the Eastern Conference and maybe even all of MLS. So I think we're evolving, especially with the new playoff structure with the seven teams that now we're going to look at maybe the five and four seeds as the ones that are going to be the ones that are going to ride on momentum to move up. Uh, I think, honestly, I think Toronto is a team that people should be worried about because it's not like they don't have good pieces. Look at the pieces around them. like Alejandro Pozuelo, Michael Bradley, Josie Alto, who is injured right now. You, you could go through a list. Jonathan Osorio. I mean, you could go through a list of players uh, that they have. Omar Gonzalez. All these players that they have, it's not like they have any bums. Like, they have really good players and a really good team. And they're kind of hitting that sweet spot where they're kind of hot. They host a playoff game. And then they might have to go to – then they probably have to go to New York City and play New York City. And, they, and those matchups are always fun to watch. I personally would be worried about – Toronto FC, especially looking at DC. I mean, DC, they like playing bunker ball, and that's why they didn't know what to do when they're up by two men. They were confused. They're like, wow, how are we, like, aren't we the ones that are usually supposed to be defending? Why? Are, this is weird. I, I don't know what to do. I think they can get past DC, and I think they are a team that, uh, you know, teams in the Eastern Conference should worry about, especially in NYC, especially Atlanta. They're spooky. I think spooky. that's the right word, Jake. Yeah, I, now, like, now, Armand. Doesn't NYC okay for NYCFC and LAFC? Don't they go something like 18 days between games, between the last game of the MLS season and when they'll play in the in the uh, MLS oh, Cup playoffs? That is off. Doesn't that almost put time. them at a disadvantage? You would say. I don't think for LAFC it will, but for NYC and for NYCFC it will allow them to get healthy. I feel like the coaches know how to manage it because I think for LAFC there's a lot of things that could happen. They could get Diamande back. Uh, obviously, we don't know his status with the substance abuse uh, program. For NYCFC, they get a bear to be 100% and get keeping Parks healthy. All these players, are they're out. But I will say this. I think it – I don't know if it's that much disadvantage for LAFC as it is for NYCFC because I, NYCFC don't even know where they're going to play in, like, those, in those 18. They don't know where they're going to play. Come like, on. Let me let me pause you here with Toronto FC for a moment. In their 10-game on bean streak, 
they did not beat a single playoff team, East or West. In fact, they lost Montreal Impact in the Canadian Championship. They drew LAFC 1-1. That's a decent result. But NYCFC 1-1. The Revs 1-1. I mean, they, they have not beaten a, a single playoff team. In fact, their last loss in MLS was to Red Bulls 2-0. After that, the teams they they beat FC Cincinnati, Colorado, Columbus. I mean, yeah, they they could be a spooky team. They 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 have the talent, right? They have the experience to do so. But this 10-game unbeaten streak is a little fraudulent. You don't beat a playoff team. What's that say about you? Hey, let's put some respect on Colorado's name. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. That's disrespectful. Okay. Uh, we don't. The best. Colorado is a team we stand on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. But uh-huh. no, I mean it's it's a it's a rightful thing to keep in mind. However, I just think, forget all that. It's a new season. Uh, the playoffs yep, are yeah, a new right. season. There's new a 12 season. day break in between, or whatever. How long May Day's break? Two week break in between matches. Look, it's a new season. Like, forget about what happened there. Like, you're coming into this thing fresh. Um, the ten, the ten match on beaten streak helped them get to a point where they're hosting their first playoff game. I think on a scale of talent with experience with Greg Vanny, who's coached in big matches, the experience of the team, uh, with you know the players that they have, like, like I previously mentioned, that have that collective experience in big matches. I still think they're a team to be worried about. Forget the don't they have something the to prove season. too. Yeah, just to say that after, yep. they don't have a, they don't, they're not frauds. Yep, I agree. I, I think they're spooky. I think they're the spookiest team in the playoffs. The spookiest team in the playoffs. Well, let's move it on here. And Stephen, I want to ask you this: This is a team we kind of pegged as spooky about two months ago when they went on their unbeaten run. Yep, yep. The New England Revolution. They find a way to get into the playoffs. And what I want to ask you is, how important was it for Arena to get the Revs into the playoffs? Oh, this is massive. It re-energized the fan base. It puts trust into what Bruce Arena wants to do with the New England Revolution. Look, Bruce Arena probably walked in there going like, I, I, I really don't know what we're going to do with the New England Revolution this season. At one point, they were last in the Eastern Conference. You know, at one point, they were two wins, eight losses, something ridiculous like that. They managed to get to the playoffs. It's a success. The fans are happy. The media up there is talking about the New England Revolution. What this does, and the reason why it's so important that the New England Revolution are in the playoffs, is for this upcoming offseason. Because you you should bet a million bucks that Bruce Arena is going to go and make additions to the squad. That he's going to force the Crafts to spend even more money to bring additions and hopefully get G- Gustavo Bo a partner that could absolute torch some of these MLSs. I have so, sorry to interrupt you, Stephen, but I have a, I have a spooky take as well. Another spooky take: the Revs, in my opinion, are the second most spooky team in the MLS playoffs. Ooh. I Ooh. I would be worried when going against Bruce Arena. That that's well, what that's he's fair. Phenomenal. That, that that's fair. What he's done is phenomenal. And listeners, I know this is not supposed to be an MLS playoff preview show. So Armand, we're gonna have to hold on to that thought for next week when we do discuss more about the playoffs. But Jake, Armand, let me ask you this: Arena going to the Revs was a good move, but did we think they would get to the playoffs? No, 
I saw the Revs play back in March. I think it was March. Maybe it was even early April in the game against Minnesota United. And yes, they did beat Minnesota United, but there was nothing there was nothing about the Revs that was impressive. They looked like a team lost in the woods under Brad Friedel. Wasn't entirely sure how much talent was really there at the club. And I got to hand it to Arena. He did a hell of a job in getting this team turned around. Alrighty, well, Jake, let me ask you this now. Question for you. Minnesota United. Did they meet expectations by making the playoffs for the first time in club history? Yes, of course they did. Of course they they, they, they met expectations. It, it wasn't like they were one of these teams on the final day of the regular season fighting for their playoff lives. They were in. They were they were in yesterday, Sunday, and they were fighting for seeding. I mean, a big talking point for Minnesota United heading into the season was, did Manny Lagos do enough to shore up the team's defending? It's been well written that the club's first two seasons, United allowed 70 and 71 goals, respectively, two of the worst defensive seasons for an MLS team. And this year, with all the acquisitions of guys like MLS veterans, Ike Parra and Ozzy Alonso, as well as bringing in guys like Jan Gregush from FC Copenhagen and goalkeeper Vito Manone on loan from Reading. Minnesota United allowed 43 goals and made Allianz Field a fortress as the Loons went 10-1-6 and at home. Lagos and company delivered on their promise of a three-year plan and have set up the Loons to be one of the more formidable teams in the Western Conference. They have a good spine up up the middle with Opara, Boxall, Manone, Grey Goose, Alonzo. They've met, they've met expectations. They have depth. Like I said, they didn't sneak into the playoffs. They're going to be hosting a, a, a playoff game. That's uh, How excited are you for that? Some MLS playoffs coming to Minnesota. You know, I don't even know. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm gonna. they're probably going to lose. <laughs> Typical <laughs> Minnesota fashion. So. Heartbreak. 2.0. I was texting you earlier. I, I, you know, I'm probably going to watch Zlatan dunk on Ike Opara twice or something with two goals and watch <laughs> and then, Christian Pavone carve yep. up the midfield. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's not going to be fun. No, not at all. All righty, boys. Let's talk about LAFC because they broke multiple records in MLS. It's a plus 48 goal differential. Is best ever. And the team scored 85 goals, equaling an MLS record. Vela got a second hat trick season. Broke the individual single season mark with 34 goals. And LAFC also claimed that most points in a single season. The top Five teams in MLS history with the most points goes like this. LAFC with 72, New York Red Bulls 71, which was set in 2018. Atlanta with 69, again set in 2018. TFC, Toronto FC with 69 set in 2017. And then you got to go back to 1998 where the Galaxy had 68 points. Fellas, simple question here. Is LAFC the best team in MLS history. Well, I'm ripping you off, Stephen, but win the cup, baby. That's what you gotta do. Look, 
we we always talk about how no one cares about the supporter shield winner. It's because no one cares about the supporter shield winner. Should it be that way? I don't think so personally. Look, a 34 game body of work versus four games. Like like come on. But it is what it is. That's what I must perceive. So take home the cup. I want you to win those four games. Win those four games. Go four or I guess three games for them. Win those three games, and then we're talking. But no. But dynamically, from style, from play, I think they are. I think they're the most aesthetically uh, beautiful team, team to watch. Pleasing yeah, team. Beautiful team. Beautiful in terms of the way they play, uh, the way they go through Vela, the way they always want to play attacking football, how they don't change their style uh, wherever they play, they, how they want to enforce how they play everywhere they go. It's a joy to watch. I think aesthetically, yes. But overall, let's win the cup, baby. Win the cup. Yeah, I agree. Interestingly, some people, quote, three games in October shouldn't define a club season, end quote. Huh. Wonder who would who would say things like that. Hi, guys. <laughs> what are you smoking, bro? What's the point? What's the point of MLS Cup then? The playoffs. What's even the point of playing them? On one hand, you're basically well, arguing. The point of playing th- but what's the point of playing 34 games if three games are going to just decide if we had a good season or not? What was the point of the 34 games prior? I don't know for some sort of qualification purpose to look, to, to make money. Look, Armand said it. They are the most aesthetically pleasing team to watch probably ever in this league's history. Most points ever by a team in the league's history. We are going into a one-off knockoff tournament or knockout tournament. Sorry. In the MLS Cup playoffs, fluky things can happen. You, I mean, Armand, we sat here a couple weeks ago and talked about how fluky Minnesota United's 2-0 win at Bank of California Stadium was. Did we not? Did we not talk about that? Yeah. So does that mean Minnesota United is the better team than LAFC because they beat them? For that night, yes. Those 90 minutes, yes, they were. Not in the standings, though. All I'm trying to say is, Jake, Jake, a fluky thing. If RSL goes a helmet in, catch somehow, is and, a fluky thing. Wipes off one of the best seasons in NFL history. New England Patriots are that team is the best team ever. I don't nope. want to hear nope. anybody tell you nope. otherwise. Nope. I don't want to nope. hear anybody nope. tell nope. me nope. the Golden Jake, State Jake, Warriors Jake. are not better would than you... the Bulls because they are. Jake, Jake, would you not take the championship? <laughs> would you not rather have an eighteen and one season where you win the Super Bowl than an eighteen one season where you lose the Super Bowl? Don't don't tell me yes, Carlos Vela would sit here. Saying, don't tell you're me Carlos Vela point. would sit here and go, look, I definitely would trade the seventy two points for sixty five points, not have the best most points in a single season as a club for MLS Cup. That adds way more to his reputation, to his legacy than some stupid MLS record. I, I don't care the what they look like. The best team in MLS has to go on to lift the trophy. New York Red Bulls set the record last year with one fewer point than LAFC. One fewer point. They had 71 points. Does anyone remember that? Does anyone even 
freaking care. No. You know why? Because Atlanta went on to lift the cup. So screw your points and screw your magnificent play. If you don't win the cup, it ain't going to matter. Fluky. I ain't here to say. I'm just saying that if you do it over the course of an entire season and one fluky result means you like that, that that just determines whether or not you're, you're great or not. I, I can't buy it. I okay. can't buy well, into that. It's listeners, one at, on result. Sam Soccer Pod, at Jake Watroba, at Steven Jodron. Fellas, final point here. LA Galaxy, another massive talking point on the show, dropped the final two games of the season, losing the Vancouver in thrilling fashion, 4-3. to three. Then this past Sunday, in typical fashion, losing the Houston for the two. Is there concern for the Galaxy? No, there is no concern for the Galaxy. Look, like I mentioned previously, it's a new season, baby. I think the Galaxy know that they're talent-wise the second-best team, I would say, in the Western Conference. I'm not sure in MLS where I'd rank them, but the Galaxy know they're a hot team. Look, they can figure out their mistakes over the international break and talk it out and hope their defense will be absolute garbage like they have been last. But I think the Galaxy, that going into that match against Minnesota, I feel like they're the favorites, even though Minnesota has the home field advantage. I don't think the Galaxy should be concerned, but it did feel like they turned off the switch a little bit. It did feel like they kind of just like, ah, whatever. We'll see what happens. You know, we're in the playoffs. Who cares? And to a degree, they're right. Who cares? They are in the playoffs. But, again, it's it's nothing new. It's nothing that we've seen that's new. We've talked about their defense being bad since, like, week six. They're terrible. Their defense is so bad. And it's not a surprise when their defense gives up horrible goals like it did against Houston, like it did against Vancouver. I think they know, talent-wise, they have the second-best player in MLS in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They know they got Christian Pavone. They get more time with him to acclimate. Uh, with the Galaxy team, I don't think there's anything they should be worried about. There shouldn't be any concern. Uh, they, they, I think there should be excitement because it's going to be really fun to see how they match up in the playoffs. Jake, do you have concern? Yes and no. Okay. Uh, the defense is a concern, yeah. but I think this team is only going to go as far as Christian Pavone, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Dos Santos take them. Yeah, that's, you're right. That, that's it. That's it. I, I they're not. A, I, I don't look at the galaxy as a collective unit. I look at them as three superstars that are going to determine the fate of this club. What What's really interesting is obviously them dropping two games, the final two games. You would think, oh, oh no, momentum. What's going on with the galaxy? But guys, over the course of the season, they have played twelve times against MLS Western conference playoff teams 12 times you guys don't know this number because i kept it off the google doc do you know how many wins they have in these 12 games against other western conference playoff teams in the course of the entire season i'm gonna go with 10 how many wins do they have against 12 or in 12 games against playoff teams in the western conference yes because they lost, they lost. It is, but they lost to FC Dallas in the. I need a number, Jake. Year, so give me, that, give, give me a number. Gone. Give me a number. Give me a number. Let's go. Uh, eight. Okay, hey, guys are 
a little high. Seven wins, two losses, three draws. When they win... You hype up a stat like that? I was expecting like a 10 or something. Well, I, I, or like a 9. What, like, no, man, but this is... Why don't you hit us with the RSL stat? Why don't you hit us with the RSL stat I dropped on you guys earlier today? <laughs> that, that one's a little bit more extreme than <laughs> 7 wins. All right, you hold on to that RSL stat. But 7 wins, 2 losses, 3 draw. Here's what's really interesting is the Galaxy love the score. When they win... They love to score even more. 16 goals scored, 7 goals allowed. When they lose, goals come in. Two losses. Score lines 4 0 and 4 3. Three goals scored, 8 goals allowed. And even when they draw, in three draws, 5 goals scored and 5 goals allowed. They've been pretty much every team in the Western Conference playoffs. This is a good record. The Galaxy play up to their competition. That's critical. And. He's final two games. Who cares? As Amaran said, they have the talent to do it. Well, Steven, you're going to have to wait for that RSL stat next week when we do our MLS Cup playoffs preview show. So Ooh. listeners, be on the lookout for that. But Armand, it's time for your two stars and one catfish. It's time. It is time. Guys, who do you think's the first star? Come on, just tell me. Carlos Vela. Has to be breaking the goal-scoring record in an amazing fashion. Steven, I don't care what you say about that uh, scissor kick. Hate it. It was cool. It's still All like an 8 on the cool. 10 scale, but when you measure magnificent goals, it's like a 4 or 5. It was cool. It was cool, sure. A record-breaking it, goal, it was cool. It wasn't like a little tap-in. It, it was yeah, cool, like yes, I give you that. But it wasn't anything spectacular like a Gareth Bell bike. All right. You know, you know what Steven wants to see, Jake? Tom Brady bike. Oh, <laughs> that would be something else. You know what? Our mom wants to see a Dallas Cowboys playoff win. Hey, 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 hey. You, hey, we, hey, we saw it last off, year. We saw it last off, year. I'm, I'm they won last year. Back off. How about a Minnesota twin playoff game? Wouldn't back that be off. nice? This is a no-bully zone, all right? No-bully <laughs> zone. Uh, my star number two goes to FC Dallas's four is Zdenek on Jurassic, who scored two goals in his last game. And according to Opta Joe, our good friend at Opta, is third in goals involved since he started his first game on or his second game on August 18th behind in goal involvement Carlos Villa and Zlatan Ibrahimovic the cobra is striking and he's striking with plenty of goals forgive me if this sounds very forgive me if this is a very stupid question but why isn't he why wasn't he playing in, earlier in the season uh it had something to do with Lucci thinking he was in a good fitness system, wasn't fitting the press, wasn't fitting more of a target man than the guy who was versatile. But he's uh, kind of gave Lucci the middle finger. He's like, yo, look, I can play. And he got his first ever call up to Czech Republic uh, national team after playing in MLS. So there you go. What a year for the Cobra. He strikes. And guys, the catfish, it has to be the Two Galaxy. Weeks. Two weeks in a row. It has to be the Galaxy. It's embarrassing. How did you lose to the Dynamo? Like, okay, cool. You're gonna, you're, you're probably gonna go make it to El Trafico. But how did you lose to the Dynamo? I was gonna say the Loons because, you know, if the Loons had won or at least drawn, uh, I would be going up to Minnesota to watch them play FC Dallas. But you know, jokes on me because 
the loons when I want them to play well, they never play well. I want them to play bad. They always play great. So shout out Adrian Heath, manager of the year. Just kidding. Nah. I got voted for manager of the year. It was a joke. Nah, Brad Ethan Friedel, Finley. Ethan Finley. Ethan Finley should have been your catfish of the year for missing a one-on-one uh, attempt against Stephen Fry. Beat him, hits the post. Unbelievable. That would have been – that would have punched your ticket to Minnesota, Armand, had he buried that goal. Uh, listeners, at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod, plenty from Decision Day chat here. We want to hear all your thoughts. Reminder, question of the day, was Decision Day good for MLS? Hit us up. Hit up Jake at Jake Watroba, Armand Kafai at Armand Kafai, myself at Steven Jodrand. We'll be back tomorrow. You'll get some more U.S. Men's National Team chat with Greg Halter. Until next time. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.